and welcome back, dearest listeners, to Bridgerton Bitches with your hosts, Nats and Chris. Today, we are returning from a very long break to recap Season 1, Episode 5 of Queen Charlotte. We're going to be releasing some polls based on the content today, so head over to Bridgerton Bitches on Facebook page and let us know what you think. So today we are going to be doing a bit of a recap review on episode five and six of Queen Charlotte. And if we're going to be honest, we did struggle, didn't we, Nat, to finish this this series because we started off reviewing every episode, right? And then we kind of just lost steam, didn't we? We lost momentum, we did. And it took a lovely message from Monica uh, and your encouragement, Monica, for us to be like, you know what, we need closure. We just we need to do this so thank you Monica for reaching out because it's been about a hundred years since our last podcast we just sort of left yeah. it hanging yeah and I think one of the reasons and we did talk about this in our previous episodes one of the reasons we struggled so much is that it just felt all a bit depressing the show mm-hmm. didn't it yeah um and there were a few other things too which we'll talk about in this episode so let's start episode five I will put my hands up in the air Unlike Nats, who did watch the whole series, I have only watched um, some recap episodes on YouTube. I could not bring myself to watch the full two hours of episode five and six. Um, So I've watched a guy recapping the episodes and that's where I've got my notes from. Wow. There's just no commitment nowadays, no? (laughs) Wow. When when we have the new series out, when it's um, Colin and Penelope, you will get my whole dedication on every episode. Yeah. I promise. Well, we'll hold you to that, Chris. Um, okay, so I did watch it a little bit a while ago because I just needed a no. I just couldn't help myself. So, but my memory is really bad. I've got like a really bad short-term memory. So I'm not sure that I'll be much better. But should we kick off with the season five kind of overall what we what we covered there? Episode five, sorry. Yes. Episode we'll- five. At the beginning, we see that the opening of the episode, we see Lady Danbury mm. after the funeral, and she's pretty pissed, and she's walking around the house with a little glass of um, port wine, and she starts, <laughs> I'm already starting on a negative, and I'm sorry, she starts with the whole trope of, oh my god, I'm a woman in a man's world, I was forced into marriage, it was an arranged marriage, rant, rant, rant. And I'm really sorry I did an eye roll inside because I was like, if I hear one more monologue from a woman saying how she hates living in a man's world, I'm just so bored of it. (gasps) Chris, you're not even like, wow, you just went straight in there. Wow. Yeah, it reminds me of when we see um, Charlotte in like episode one with her brother, Augustus, whatever he's called, in the carriage. And she's going on and on about how she has to wear a corset and how restrictive it is. And she goes on this massive rant again about being a woman in a man's world. I'm just like, it's so repetitive. I'm getting bored of it. Am I wrong? Am I right? What do you think? I don't know. We're going to have to ask the audience. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess her life is kind of rubbish, isn't it? Like, the whole fact that she, so is your issue the fact that she's complaining about it? You're not, you're not challenging the fact that she's right then, that her life is a bit shit. No, 
yeah of course it's shit and they do live in a world where women are second-class citizens like we all understand the history and we know that that's how it was but when you watch a costume drama you watch it to enjoy the world they live in you don't need someone like shoving it down your throat every five minutes about how unfair it is and it, it just becomes to me it becomes very repetitive and boring it's not a different conversation it's just the same repetitive conversation pointing out to us yeah it's unfair but like there's other parts of the story I want to talk about like yeah well we'll see are you did you notice it all uh I don't know I don't know if I did do you think they did that though to set her up to be a woman who was like you know what it's like my life is now on my terms and then that leads us to her doing stuff that's like you know independent woman going against this idea that she has to be like at the beck and call of a man do you reckon that's why they had that dialogue though yeah and I think it's supposed to explain to us that how Lady Danbury becomes a widow and how she doesn't want to be married Mm. yeah I think so because without that I guess we miss out on a large part of like why she is the way she is yeah and I think she's conflicted isn't she because she talks about the port wine and how her husband loved this port wine and how he didn't know about any of her hobbies and interests that that she pretended or had to take on 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 all of his hobbies and interests um but she's still conflicted isn't she because part of her is grieving even though which I think surprises her she didn't think she'd grieve for him what did you think about that yeah I think so I think she had it in her mind really black and white that you know, he was the, the big baddie. Um, but I guess it was companionship. I guess they had that shared experience together and she just wasn't expecting to miss him. I guess people are more complex than that, aren't they? Like, yeah. yeah, it's more nuanced, isn't it? It isn't black and white. At the end of the day, he was her protector. He was head of the household. There was maybe a security element that she's missing. I guess that can be quite scary. Like now she's the head of the household. She's got quite young children. Yeah, and they were like a team of sorts, weren't they? They did work together, and now she's on her own. That is quite scary. Yeah. Mm. Um, And then the next bit I've started talking about, um, let me know if I've missed something out, is we see Charlotte um, at the palace, and she's having an internal examination, isn't she? And and they're basically telling us that she's with child. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was, again, like typical Bridget and like really over the top. I don't think they would have done an internal examination to let someone know they were pregnant, but no. that's just drilling into detail, I suppose. How would they have done it? I just think they had other signs like, you know, swelling of the breasts and morning sickness and, you know, your period stopping. You don't need to insert things <laughs> into someone to find out they're pregnant. I just think that's like, there's some funny things that happen in Bridgerton that I think they exaggerate. I think that was one of them. Yeah, like why didn't they just have it have her say, "Oh, I've missed my course." Yeah. Or I won't be needing the rag today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And we see Princess. Um, what's she called? Augusta. Hmm. The mother-in-law, she's deciding that she's moving in with Charlotte, which does not sound fun at all. No, and Charlotte doesn't even get the bonus of her, like, handsome husband around. Um, He's gone, yeah. so she's sort of, she feels, I think she feels a bit imprisoned, doesn't she? 
Yeah, so she writes, she's writing to him, isn't she? She's writing to George, mm-hmm. and George is going through some kind of awful treatments again, isn't he? And he's not replying. Why doesn't she just go over there? Does she not know where he is? True, that didn't stop her before, did it? She just turned up wherever he was. Yeah, and also it shows a clip of him um, not replying, doesn't it, um, later on. And I was like, why isn't he reading the letters? Yeah, that's really annoying. Um, And then Grimsby writes a letter because he finds out that Charlotte, see, again, okay, I'm going to try really hard not to sound too critical, but I've got another one. You're doing really badly, by the way. (laughs) I am, aren't I? Yeah. Um, It's so ridiculous to me (laughs) that the storyline is that she wants to leave and that she basically asks her brother or she commands him um, that he must take her away from England back to where they've come from, wherever it is in Germany. And I'm just like, this is so unbelievable on so many levels that a queen who is with child to the air would be like, oh, mate, you've got to take me back home. I've got to go. I'm just like, it's just so unbelievable that that would even happen. And obviously her brother says no. Well, okay. So part of me didn't see the problem. And that part of me was like, I think she should go because it's actually a little bit shit now, isn't it? But what's so bad about that? Is it because she's carrying the air? You're like, hmm. It's just like when you think about the commitment like when you're crowned, I don't know if she's crowned, but she is a queen of England. She can go and visit home, yeah, sure, but she can't leave and not come back. In those days, you're married, like she's she's taken an oath before God, they were religious, and also she's with child. Does she really think she can leave with the air? Like that's like kidnap at this point. And also in those days, the husband, I know it sounds awful, but that child is his property. And she's his prophet. Okay, it sounds really bad to say that, but it's true. Like she'd be basically kidnapping the heir to the throne if she left. The whole thing was just really silly. But then I've got I've got to remember that she's only seventeen. Yeah. So I kept saying to myself, "Hang on, am I being too harsh? She's seventeen. Yeah, I think as well. I don't see her as a queen yet. I think at this stage, she's still lost. She's scared. The, she only knows like two people, really, Lady Danbury and her husband. And the husband's just buggered off, isn't he? So I think she's just freaking out and panicking. And she wants to go home to what she knows. What I thought was more shocking was the fact that Brimsby reads her letter. He should be fired. Right, yeah, that is bad. And also what I thought was funny is, you know, imagine if he had read any other letter and it was just, oh, you know, George, I'm doing the laundry, repotting the plants, uh, picked up some dog Pirelia, picked my own eyes. Yeah. And it's just so funny. Or if it was a sexy letter. Sexy letter. But the one letter he happens to open is, you know, this letter to her brother that she's going to... I mean, obviously, it it was because it, it, it performed a function, didn't it? Like, but... I just thought, oh, like, I roll coincidence. Um, Do you know what I think would be helpful? I think I keep forgetting that she's supposed to be 17 because obviously the actress that's playing her is a lot older. I say a lot. She's older. Mm. And she she often comes across as quite strong-willed and confident. Whereas I think if we saw, like, her doing things that more of a teenager would do, like, I don't know, having a little dog that she's always petting or you know, like going out on dances or flirting or like hanging out with other girlfriends. 
I think I would remember, oh, she's only 17. She's very young. So there's almost a clash then when she does do something that's really immature. I have to really kind of, I, I almost forget. It seems ludicrous. And then I'm like, oh, no, hang on. I've got to remember that she's 17. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she just seems like a 26-year-old woman. <laughs> 26-year-old woman. So yeah. when she does something really childish, I'm like, what? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? It's hard. Um, just to go back to the letter opening, what did you think of Brimsby reading the letter and then showing it to Reynolds? I mean, I guess I'm not massively surprised because I feel like servants in those days were supposed to know what was going on and um, was anything really private. Like, I guess it's naughty, but I don't think I'm massively surprised. Okay. Okay. And you know when Reynolds was like, let her go that's basically telling us that George ain't getting better isn't it like he is he's a goner that's, yeah that's quite surprising it's also quite sad really that he's obviously lost all hope then do you think I think so yeah I think so um and then actually I think after that conversation Reynolds does kind of think you know what I'm gonna check out the king and see what's happening and he sees the treatment doesn't he and he's mortified Mm. yeah um and then I've got that Charlotte meets so obviously Charlotte's brother is like no I'm not taking you anywhere that's going to cause an international <laughs> disaster like could bring war onto his country basically yeah um and Charlotte decides to meet Lady Danbury for advice doesn't she yeah um do you know, do you want to talk about what happens here? Because I've just popped, for some reason I might have skipped it, I popped, why would they get their titles um, away for, if, if Lord Danbury's dead? Question mark, exclamation mark. I just didn't understand that. Yeah, I think what it is, is the other, so because Lady, um, Lord Danbury was the first person of colour to get a title as part of the great experiment now that he's died everyone else with titles that is a person of colour is freaking out because they they want to know if late Lord Danbury's title passes to his son or if that title is dissolved and will be given to somebody else so they're all panicking because this is the first time that they'll see whether or not a title is inherited and stays within the family or whether it dies with the person and gets removed from the family mm. so they want to I be guess yeah I guess again this is quite alien to us for a costume drama because normally traditionally it's just inherited so this is like a whole new Bridgerton thing isn't it that they've invented for this show yeah because the assumption I had was that as with all titles, they would get inherited as part of the family, like that it was gifted to a person, but it was their family. And later yeah. on, when Lady Danbury does take her little boy to um to court and she says, I'll present to you Lady Danbury, the Queen does say, Nice to meet you, Lord Danbury. Um, and the other lords are like, mm-hmm, no, 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 no. So <laughs> So we're not the only ones that assume it gets inherited. Even the queen, or the princess, she assumes it too, doesn't she? But some of the okay. the nasty guys are like, oh, no, it's not guaranteed. I see. Yeah. Okay. That is. Um, but I do feel bad. I felt bad for Lady Danbury. I was like, she's got to deal with her dead husband. And now all these people are coming yeah. up to her asking for help. Like, last thing she needs. 
Yeah, she's got a lot on her plate. Yeah. And then we have... um. Oh, don't we have a discussion with Lord Bew and he's just he's being a bit of a douche, isn't he? And he's talking about the titles or something. And then it and then it goes to um the Lord Ledger conversation. So Lord Ledger and Lady Danbury. So Lord Ledger is um the dad of Lady Bridgerton, Mama Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. I really think that Richard Gear. Is it Richard Gear? Is that how you say his surname? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Pretty Woman, he yeah. would have made a really hot um, Lord Ledger. Yeah, I needed I needed it to be hotter. <laughs> Basically, I don't want to be mean. I needed it to be hotter, and the chemistry wasn't quite there. He he gave me. I really wanted to love the whole Silver Fox thing, but I just um I just didn't get the chemistry between them. I didn't get the longing that I like. I like a bit of longing. I like a so bit. Of my understanding is that how this happens is that Lord Ledger and Lady Danbury meet because she's going for walks every day, I guess, for her grief. Mm-hmm. She's all dressed in mourning. And Lord, Le- Lord Ledger meets her on these walks and they basically get talking, right? Yeah. And that's how it happens. They do have nice conversations, but I didn't get a sexual vibe at all. I was like, oh, this is nice. They're just friends. I think they could have developed a more sexual vibe. Okay. I think it's really, really important that we discuss the sex scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was quite pleased to have a sex scene in this episode mm-hmm. um, between Lady Danbury and Lord Ledger. I just think what were your thoughts on that? I just think the build-up could have been nicer. Some more longing touches of the hand, some prolonged glances. Um, I don't know, a little bit more innuendo. Do you know what I mean? Maybe she drops her hat and bends over, and then he goes to get her hat too. And and then maybe I don't know, like they see a deer and the sun sets, and then maybe one of them falls over. I don't. Do you know what I mean? Like a something. You want it to be like an outdoor scene. Yeah, and also I wanted them to have sex under the stars. I just don't think that's a lot to ask for. I think that's pretty standard. I... An occasional bale yeah. of hay. Because you know the Lady Chatterley uh, film? Oh, yeah. The most recent one. It was very, very graphic. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of outdoor sex because he's a gameskeeper. They meet outside in nature. They have sex in a field. They have sex in like a little bobby thing. Yeah. And that's where I thought, like you said, like that's where this was going. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I was watching the recap video. They showed a clip of the sex scene. I immediately stopped everything. I went back onto Netflix. I went skip, 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 skip for like an hour before I found the sex scene. Yeah. Which was like an hour and 10 minutes in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I watched it from there. So I have no context mm-hmm. of the build-up. All There's I no saw was... Really. Oh, okay, that's disappointing. They were in their four-poster bed. You love that. She... He is on top first mm. and he's only wearing like clothes on his top half and he's like going to town, which I was like, yes, I like Hang it. Hang on, question. Did, he have, his, did mm-hmm. he have his shirt off? His shirt was on, but I think you could see his bum. Okay. And he had good, you know, he had a good rhythm going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she gets like excited and pushes him onto his back and she gets on top of him. I don't think he's on his back. Maybe he's sitting up against the headboard or something. She gets on top of him and she's going to town, but she was completely dressed. Like she had like everything on. 
and I was a bit like mm, I like the like the pace of this I like the passion mm-hmm. I don't know that she was fully dressed and he was like mostly dressed and also I'm gonna say it because this is ridiculous I still think it was a lot shorter than the Lady Danbury and Lord Danbury sex scenes which nobody wanted to see yeah. Lady Danbury hated it was awful why is that still longer and more of them than any other sex scenes in the show? I know. I, I have flashbacks, like I'm reliving it. The duff, duff, duff of her head against the headboard. Um, yeah. It's so graphic. Um, To me, season two, I can't even remember the sex scenes between George and Charlotte, except for the bath scene. That was quite nice. I was just thinking bath one. But you're absolutely right. So... I would have liked to have seen more tension and more build-up and more kind of suggestiveness right from episode two of this show. Because this just comes out of nowhere, season five and season six, and then it's over, like episode five, episode six, and it's over. Yeah. Um, and also, I would have really have liked them to have taken their time because he's lonely because his wife and him aren't on the same page. She's been lonely for a long time and now she's doubly lonely. And I would have liked this idea of them like rediscovering each other and just a little bit of outdoor sex, really. Is it too too much to ask? No, because there Um, hasn't been any outside sex except for um, in Bridgerton season one when Anthony was shagging Sienna against a tree. Oh, no, I'm wrong. And Daphne and the Duke had sex in the ground. Yeah, that was cool in the rain. But no um, sex, no hail bale, bale of hail, whatever you <laughs> no, Hardly any rain sex. Definitely could be more rain sex. Yeah. Something else I found a little bit annoying about this sex scene, again, apart from it just being too short, was she did keep doing that thing where she was looking up at the ceiling of the bed and it was supposed to be us making a direct comparison to when she was having sex with Lord Danbury and she would just stare behind him at the top of the ceiling. And I was just a bit like, oh, don't ruin it. <laughs> like we can compare it you know we understand this is a better sexual experience than her than she was having with that husband who was basically like forcing himself on her like I don't know we get it don't we we get it yeah we get it and also I don't want to be reminded of that and I don't think she does either Lady Danbury have her moment and So what's your next... So uh, should we rate it? I, I do love to rate sex scenes. What what would you rate it out of 10? Um, okay. For reference, what did, did we rate the Lady Danbury and her husband's sex scene? Or was that like... A oh, movie? God, no. That's got to be a zero. I mean... I think it wasn't as... I don't think it was as good as the Daphne and the Duke ones. And I don't... God, no. And I think that the Anthony and Kate one was better. So... Was it better than the George and um, Charlotte one? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I, for me, I, I'm going to give it a six. That's really generous. I just gave it a three. Yeah, do you think so? Jeez, really? I'm all about wow. burn. I'm all about the slow burn, you see, and the tension, the build-up. And it just felt so like um, they. it's like they got to season episode five and they were like, shit. We've totally forgotten about this storyline. Quickly, <laughs> chop them in the field together, make it work. Yeah, and I, I, that just does, does, does nothing for me. I'm sorry, nothing. If I see, I'm not so much looking at the con because I don't have any context to go by because I literally just went to the sex scene as soon as it started and watched it. So it was like what 25, 30 seconds. 
So if I just rate it on the actual physical act, that's why I'm giving it a six. And what what did you like about it? Just the length of time? Well, <laughs> it was it could have been longer, but I do think it looked quite passionate. Um, it was quite like a little bit graphic. Um, too many clothes on. I mean, I sound like a massive pervert right now. No, you but don't. I'm sure a lot of us do love the sexy. We wouldn't be watching Bridgerton if we didn't love steamy sex scenes. We'd exactly. be watching like I don't know, Sanderson or something. Exactly, Emmerdale. Yeah, Simpsons or Wick or Morty. I think I might do five and a half. Quick question: What was the eye contact like? Hmm, wasn't much eye contact actually. Was there any finger play? So stroking of the neck, kissing of the neck, stroking of the arm? No. You're making me want to pull it back down to a five now. It's a three and you knows it, but we'll find out from everyone else. <laughs> Do you know what? We should make a checklist for rating sex scenes and in it it's got things like eye contact. Mm -hmm. What did you say? Hand? Finger play. Like finger play. That could be written. Neck? That could be read two ways though. Necking. <laughs> um yeah kissing um all sorts yeah we should do that we definitely should we definitely okay should. what are we talking about next because i've got about um charlotte thinking that she can go and stay with lady danbury do you have that next or do you have something else yeah that's what i've got as well um Okay, so again, you know, I'm feeling a bit bad now, but I thought this is super immature and childish, um, and I thought it's hard to like. <laughs> and then in brackets underneath, I pop, I forgot she's 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's like a 27-year-old woman doing that, who I'm guessing the actress must be about 25 or something. It's really hard to understand why she's being so immature and childish, but then when I remember that she's supposed to be 17, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I think it makes, I think, I don't think I was as harsh on her when she was doing these things because it must be really scary. Her husband has literally disappeared. She's pregnant. She's living with her mother-in-law who doesn't like her very much. Um, she's got no friends. I, I kind of get why she wants to run away. And like, she's got nothing to do with her subjects. No one knows her. She's so isolated. She's not invested in the in her role. But it is awkward, isn't it? Because Lady Danbury can't do anything. Um, so she basically yeah. called the man servants to be like, pick up your queen. Yeah. And also, Charlotte could have women around her that her ladies in waiting that she could rely on and, and she could make friends. She seems to want to reach out to Lady Danbury. But, yeah. Um, she needs other allies, doesn't she? That's what yeah. you're like. Your lady wait. Your Maids in waiting, the ladies in waiting would have been like your best friends. They're the people that you rely on. Like, I'm hoping that she'll get that one day. Yeah, I think so. Maybe the reason that she hasn't been given that now is because they want to highlight that she has no one to turn to. And that's why she thinks that she has to run away. Um, yeah. Isn't it at this point that Lady Danbury also calls in the, um, Queen Charlotte's brother? And didn't I say at the very start of the show that he and Lady Danbury would make a cute couple because they had the same views on a couple of things. Oh, did you? I Interesting. I said that they should get together. Something about their views on marriage or something. I was like, ooh, 
And Does that, his proposal happen now in episode five or is that in episode six? I think it's in episode six, I think. Okay, should we talk about that later? Because yeah. I've got some things to say about that. Um, again, I might have got this wrong, but in the conversation between Charlotte and Lady Danbury, they must talk about the whole being a woman in a man's world again, because I thought underneath this conversation what it's like being a woman in a man's world yawn so they must have done it again for me to write that yeah heaven i'm getting bored of it heaven forbid they mention that in season three <laughs> if if queen charlotte can go a whole episode without talking about it i'll eat my hat you're gonna have to buy just like bags. every single episode it's just getting boring can people listening to this just tell me if I'm the only one thinking this? Because I feel like you don't agree with me. I don't know. I didn't notice it as much, to be honest. I don't think it bothers me as much. Um, I think what bothers me more is the fact that I just really didn't think that the Lord Ledger and Lady Danbury romance got the attention it deserved. I think they should have invested more. Yeah. In that. that took up most of my attention. i got to say, though, what did you think of the whole talking about hats and you eating yours? What did you think of Lord Ledger making a hat um, for the people that... Really random. <laughs> really random. Yeah. So where did they get that idea from? And also, like, I don't know. What? I like it, but I'm like, oh, imagine having sex with a guy and he makes you a hat out of, like, paper. Yeah. Thanks, I feel really special. And also, does he want her to wear it whilst he's banging her? Like, is, is that what he's into? Like, that would be so... It's just not sexy. Like maybe, she's wearing a little clown hat. Maybe she did wear the hat. He's <laughs> like, yeah. now you're mine. If she wore the hat and nothing else, that would probably be hotter than what we actually saw in the sex scene, where she was That's... literally wearing all her clothes. Yes, or maybe there's a sex scene where he covers her in hats, like a hat on one yeah. hat on another. <laughs> hat play. Yeah. He's got a hattish on a, I meant to say fetish, but this just didn't work, did it? Yeah. Um, I guess we know that he does that partly so that we, you know, Lady Danbury can see it in the future and be like, oh, they had a thing. Yes, which is in episode six. Spoilers. <laughs> about lady bridgerton uh how did you feel about the whole suddenly she has like she's horny all of a sudden and she wants to get laid where did that come i don't yeah not loving it i'm just like "Mm, what's the point of this storyline like are they going to introduce i guessing in the neck in the new series so maybe not this one they're going to introduce love interest for her but it just seemed a bit like okay cool <laughs> I don't know what to think about that I mean in my mind they I think they must be introducing some sort of guy in Bridgerton season three as a storyline um yeah. maybe it's whoever replaces that hot cousin Jack oh yes the new heir I kind of kind of can't remember now we're gonna have to watch the last couple of episodes before the new series comes out because I cannot remember what happened no, I what well, we yeah the last few episodes of season two of Bridgerton agreed. Yeah, I can't remember what happened to cousin Jack, but I was like, why now? Why after? Because Hyacinth mm. is what fourteen, fifteen, so or maybe th- maybe she's younger. So why is Lady Danbury Bridgerton suddenly getting horny? Yeah, 
like yeah they don't I feel like you don't actually get any it doesn't go anywhere does it I think you're right they're setting it up for season three yeah I guess it it does we do see I guess it through their conversations it opens up their relationship and then in episode six it it does lead Lady Bridgerton to find out about her dad and Lady Danbury and also Lady Danbury gives her permission to be like you go get it girl yeah yeah so are we gonna see some um, scenes with Mama Bridgerton in season three um, yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel about that I don't feel bad I don't feel no. um don't feel dirty no I'd be open to it depending on who it was I'd be open to it and also I'd like Lady Featherington to get some Mama Featherington to get some. I really, really wanted that to work. Do you remember? I was really yeah. shipping for yeah. her and Jack and it just got ruined. She um, deserves happiness. Yeah, and also they were a cool couple and we wanted them to hook up and they and they did. And it was nice. Well, they kissed. Well, we don't know if they went all the way, do we? I don't think they did. They didn't kiss. But I mean, like, did they have Shaggingtons? But did they kiss? Because I can't even remember now. If that um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they had shagging turns. I really don't see her giving him that. But maybe no. there will be a love triangle between Mama Bridgerton and Lady Featherington and whoever's replacing Cousin Jack. They're just so different, though. I can't imagine a guy being in love with both of them at the same time. They're just like polar opposites. Yeah, and I can't imagine Mama Bridgerton fighting for a guy either. No. Also, her ex ruined her because they clearly had like the most romantic love story Aww. ever. He was so sweet. Mm. So at the end of this episode, the last thing I've got, I might have let me know if I've missed something. I put Charlotte finds George and sacks the doctor. So she sees him going undergoing this awful treatment and she actually steps in and sacks the doctor. Yes. That's the last bit I've got for this episode. Yeah, same. Anything to say? I feel like we've already had this happen before, haven't we? This this whole sacking the doctor, seeing the treatment thing. This didn't feel new to me. I was like, deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we leave it there and then start a new episode, season yes. one episode? Let's do that. But cool. thank you for listening. Ciao. Ciao.
Hello and welcome back to Bridgerton 